Hey everybody, welcome to another episode on the Valor Adventures podcast. Good to be with you all today. I'm your host, Brandon Neal, here with my co-host, Andrew Fletcher. He's across the table here from me. How you doing today, Andrew? Pretty good. 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 Well, I think we got some good stuff for you all today, some good uh, topics of discussion. And um, hunting season's right around the corner. It's July the 8th. So in another month, just over a month, the archery season starts in Utah. That's crazy, right? Be here before we know it. And then, uh, yeah, on to the rest of the stuff coming up. So hopefully you drew some tags. I have not been very lucky this year. I mean, I've got my Utah general tag. I got a lifetime license back when I was in a young man back in uh, middle school. And my dad said, hey, they got these lifetime licenses. So I'm going to buy you one and then you got to pay me back. Thank goodness he did. He'll hate you for that every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> so he bought me one. He didn't buy my brother one. <laughs> my, brother, my younger brother, he could have. So my younger brother doesn't have one. I've got one, but it's been nice because I always get my Utah general tag no matter what. So I've got that one. I'm going to do the late rifle. I'm excited they put the season a little bit later this year. But uh, what are you doing this year? Not a lot. I've got Wyoming deer. I've got an elk tag in Utah. Got a Is that archery. a muzzleloader? The archery. It's archery. Yeah, okay. and I got archery deer in Utah. I think that's all I've got right now. Is your elk, is that a Wasatch tag? Manti. Oh, Manti. Oh, that's right. You got pretty lucky. You get pretty lucky every year. You're a lucky drawer, aren't you? I can always draw stuff that I shouldn't, but anything that I should draw, I don't. Like, I had four points this year for turkey. Didn't draw that. Drew the big bull tag with none. Hmm. Which I guess that's a better way to have it than always draw turkey tags and never draw elk tags. Yeah, something, right? Something to hunt. Yeah, for sure. Um, well... I guess, uh, you know, I still, I still have a chance of possibly drawing Arizona, but I, let me, in fact, I should check my credit card right now because they're, they're dinging cards the last couple of days and, you know, they've probably already done all of their charges and I'm just still trying to be hopeful. But I also, I, I did not draw a South Dakota tag I thought I was going to draw, but next year will be, should be a for sure. So... Anyway, I am going to Tajikistan. Tajikistan? How do you say it? In February. Something, something, Stan. For Ibex. And I just got back from a bison hunt in uh, Alaska. So I shouldn't complain too much. I still get a hunt. And you know what? I love to coyote hunt. So I'm not, I mean, I can always go do that. I would almost rather coyote hunt than anything else anyway. <laughs> so You're sick in the head. I'll have less distractions. Um, you think I'm sick in the head for that? Well, I don't know. It's probably like like soccer, for example. I hate soccer. Soccer, in my opinion, is just a complete waste of grass. And it's probably because I suck at soccer. I suck at coyote hunting. So I'll tease you for coyote hunting because I right. can't do it. All right. Well, you haven't been yet. You haven't been calling. No, really. never called. Yeah. Okay. Well, we thought today we would talk about kind of our highs and lows in hunting. Maybe a few examples. I've got a lot of highs. Well, a few highs, a lot, I don't know, probably more lows than highs, probably, maybe not, I don't know, it probably evens out, I think. Probably close. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk about that today, things we've learned, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe each week we had it, we were, Andrew and I were discussing having a little gear review every week of, of a piece of gear or 
you know, maybe some tips. Uh, I don't know. We'll just talk about that stuff as we go, huh? Maybe every week we we, we cover something like that. But I think we'll just kind of go back and forth here and talk about highs and lows of hunting. And so I guess I'll start off with um, predator hunting since that's what I love to do more than anything, hunting coyotes. And man, oh man, it seems like you have a high and a low coyote hunting almost every day, every day you go out, for me anyway, which is why I love it so much. But, um, you know, for me, I mean, I, I, um, I like to call coyotes in the day. All you suckers that are out there with your thermals at night, screwing it up for the daytime calling. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, not that I wouldn't do that. I mean, I've got a thermal, but I haven't used it much. I just like going out in the day, making a stand and calling a coyote or a double or sometimes a triple in and watch them come to the call. To me, there's not much more exhilarating than that, you know? So, um, anyway, I'll give one, uh, one high and low when it comes to coyote hunting that I had one day. I, I remember it was, um, probably four, f- four or five years ago. I went out on New Year's Day and it happened to snow in St. George on New Year's Eve and so I went up, went out first thing in the morning, New Year's Day. There was a little skiff of snow on the ground. And uh, thought to myself, I'm just going to go make a quick stand. It was actually before church. I go, I'm going to go make a stand before church, be back before church. So I went fairly close to town. Um, and uh, just didn't have much expectation being close to town. You know, everybody calls close. But figured, you know, conditions seemed right. New Year's morning, no one's going to be out. They were all up all night, so who's going to be out hunting? So anyway, I, I go I go out and I, I get on a uh, couple tracks. And uh, I, you know, got out of the truck, saw these tracks, and uh, kind of saw what the wind was doing. And I like to call with a crosswind, ideally. Um, headwind's okay, but I like a crosswind where I can see my downwind side and also see the upwind side, ideally, right? So I get the wind right and see a, a hill where I can go on the other side of it and probably get some good visibility. And I hear a couple coyotes going crazy right where I'm headed. I'm like, oh, this is so perfect. So I go over, I get set up. They're still, I mean, they're probably within a few hundred yards just out there, you know, yelping. And so I set up my collar and uh, let out a howl. And then waited a few minutes, and then I uh, played, I think it was like a little cottontail, and coyote shows up right away. Comes right in, right in front of me, pull up, and it's probably 50 yards away, shoot it, drops. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I'm sitting there, and then I see a second one taking off. I'm like, holy cow, there's there's the other one. So I go to get on the other one, and he he goes around the back of a hill, and... uh, thought he was gone right so I just kind of kept calling he comes back around about 150 yards away stops looks at me broadside shoot him drops he's down I'm like holy crap I just killed a double just picture perfect this is so exciting and then I mean he was down he was dead right I mean I was shooting a 22 250 53 grain v max which I love that bullet for coyotes love that love 22 250 and all of a sudden that second one that I shot gets up and takes off I mean, he was down, he was dead, he wasn't moving, and he got up and took off. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He'll die. 
I'll, I'll go track him down. So anyway, I knew the first one was dead for sure. It was like, you know, 50 yards in front of me. I saw him drop. So anyway, I go, I go to, you know, get that second one. Well, he never, I mean, I couldn't find him. He was, he was gone. So there's a little bit of a low already, right? I'm like, well, at least I got one. So I go back to the other one and big puddle of blood sitting there. No coyote. Disappeared. Had a little bit of a blood trail, then it trickled off, and that one was gone too. Andrew, I'm not joking. I center punched both these coyotes, and they both got away. <laughs> so the I was. V Maxes too. V Maxes usually just floor them. 22 250. I'm not, I mean, I don't know if I hit a little high. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where you go, what in the world? Like, okay, I can maybe see one getting away, but both of them, when you saw them both just drop and you heard it go whack when the bullet hit. So for me, man, that's one of those stories that uh, haunts me to this day, <laughs> every day. I just think, gosh, those stupid coyotes, man. It was, you know, close to home. I was going to be home with a couple coyotes, show the kids. You know, I was all excited about showing the kids. I love bringing coyotes home, and my, you know, my little boys just love it. And, you know, and I, I skin them out, and I, I do all that, and I, I uh, stretch them. And anyway, so that's a high and a low. That's, that's, that's my first story there. Um, I actually, the last few years, have been using a six Creedmoor. And uh, I don't think I've had any getaway with a six Creedmoor. A little more umph behind it. <laughs> yeah. And actually, this year, I'm shooting our new six all-mountain rifle. So I have not killed anything with it yet, but that's even a little faster than the six Creedmoor. Um, and then I also built up a, uh AR platform, 223, that I am going to use this year, too, I think. So I'll uh, do a little bit. I like AR platform, you know. Uh, it's it's uh, For coyotes, it's, it's a really cool... A uh, little, and I same thing. Same thing. I'm shooting those 53 grain. I like the 53 grain V Max. I have a little bit better BC than the 55s or the 50s. Um, and they usually do the trick, right? So that's what I'm going to use this year for coyotes, since that's probably what I'm going to be hunting more than anything this year. Which again, I don't mind too bad. I might do some couple two or three day adventures, coyote hunting adventures. We'll, we'll see. Maybe something else will pop up, right? We, we have cancellation hunts to pop up and. And if Canada opens up, I mean... Any news on that at all? So they decided to close it till at least July 21st, I saw, for whatever reason. July 21st, I don't know what that date's going to be. But if they do open that up, there's a good chance we could have some good hunts this year because a lot of guys have already planned on pushing their hunts back to next year so they can plan on for sure hunts this year. And if that's the case, I think we'll have several of our outfitters looking for hunters if it does open. And man, there's going to be some good, good animals in in uh, Canada. And I'd like to get a big bull elk, which you know Alberta isn't really known for big bull elk. A lot of, I mean, I, I, when I say big, I'm talking, you know, 380 plus bulls. Maybe now they are right. Um, but I think, yeah, elk, moose, sheep, goat, all of it, mule deer, whitetail. There's got to be. So, hey, maybe, you know, everything works out for a reason. Everything, I, mean, I didn't draw my South Dakota tag. I thought I was going to draw, which that was going to be a you know, big mule deer hunt. Didn't happen. Way to keep the glass half full there. Yeah. There's a reason for all things, Andrew. Or maybe I'm going to have a 100 coyote year this year. There you go. Best year ever. Yeah. I'd be, if I got 50, it'd be best year ever. Right? I think my best year has been 42. That was a few years ago. I shot three once. Good job. That's good. So you want to go, man? You want to share what's high, a low, or both? Yeah, I, think, I think my my first one would probably just be first year deer hunting. 
I think that's probably everybody's first like major high, major lows. When I was growing up, we always sucked at killing anything, so I always got super, super excited, and I almost wish that I was still this way. You know, like when you first start, like you see, even if it's a doe, you're freaking out excited. So we get up first morning, opening day, and we're sitting up on this hill, and probably 30 deer come out right below us, and uh, one of them's a two-point, so I'm getting ready to lay lay down the lead and get shot right underneath us. So we're, we're bummed out. So that was kind of like super big high, super big low in the matter of like five seconds. So come off that hill and we're walking actually back towards camp. And like nobody in my family, my aunt killed a four point one year and it was like the talk of everything for like 10 years. Like my family, just not good hunters, bless their hearts. <laughs> and uh, so we're coming off this hill back to camp, just kind of thick sagebrush and oak trees. And we come around this, come around this tree and there's a four point stand there. Like couldn't have been more than a hundred yards. So I shot all five bullets in my gun at it, reloaded and shot five more bullets, and then it walked away. Wasn't even close. Missed everyone. Yeah, I was, and I was out of bullets. There's nothing I could do. And I remember my dad standing there just fuming, freaking pissed. You were just punching the trigger. Oh, yeah. I was just flinging as fast as I could get them off. So that was probably my biggest low that year, and then I ended up shooting, I ended up shooting my first buck that same year. So it's, it's it's funny with hunting because you can go from so high to so low so fast. Oh, it's amazing! It's like within a, within yeah within minutes right in an hour within hours you know sometimes it's within days but yeah 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 so that was probably my first major low that I remember I just wanted to be done I was so stinking mad because I always prided myself with my BB gun how great I was at shooting birds and couldn't couldn't swing it on this four point after ten bullets. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I uh, similar situation to me. I drew a Ponsagon tag when I was in high school. I might have talked about this on the last podcast, maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, muzzle loader tag and uh, fifty yards off the road, and I just I must have punched the trigger. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know, you see this big giant buck. You're seventeen years old. You're telling all your buddies, "I'm going to go kill a thirty inch buck on the Ponsagon," and they're like, "Yeah, you ain't going to kill a thirty inch, right?" I mean, this is back in nineteen ninety seven, ninety six, ninety six, I think. Anyway, uh, yeah. I think how, I, how old were you when you got your first deer tag? Because back then it was, was it 16? Uh, I was in my 14th year. I was actually 13. You were 13? Yes. So you could get it when you were 13. You had, you had to be 14. You had to be in your 14th year. And I did not kill a buck for my first two years. Really? And I think my dad felt like the biggest failure because he was just trying to get me a buck, right? And we always hunted muzzleloader. And we just, we just never, I never had a shot opportunity, even a little buck. You know, I just, I don't know why. Um, I think it was my third year when I finally killed my first buck, a little two-point. So, anyway. Um, next one, I would say, high and a low, all in the same day. Unfortunately, ended with a low. Well, not, to- not totally. So, this was, man, we were hunting on the Wasatch Front archery, late archery, mule deer. And it was actually my first year doing that. And a buddy of mine... I grew up with Colton Smith. He said, Hey, come up with me and Jason Yates. Jason Yates kills all kinds. Of, I mean, he's like an incredible archery hunter today. A lot of you probably see his social media stuff and him and his boys are, I don't know. They're, they're just, they've had a lot of success archery hunting, put a lot of time in. Uh, I was Colton, Jason, and myself. And uh, we started hiking straight up the face of the Wasatch one morning. And this was just, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving, maybe the day before Thanksgiving. And this is back before everybody else hunted it. Now it's just, it's a zoo up there. And uh, we went up there and, and uh, you know, the, the bucks are in the rut, end of November, just 
magical time in the snow. And we get up quite a ways up the mountain and we see some does with a tank of a buck. I mean, he's, you know, he's pushing 200 inches, 200 inches, big, heavy, dark horns, pushing these, these does. And he's actually a three by four. He actually ended up, he's actually scored 185, but he would have been 200 had he had the fourth for sure. I mean, he was just a great buck. Anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of the newbie, right? This is my, I mean, I, I, at this point I'd killed, I'd killed a mule deer and I think I killed a couple of black bears with my bow. That's it. Um, anyway, so, so we, we, we kind of get on these deer and, and, and we come up to this bowl up there and we start, we, we come up to the top and I see where these deer are headed. So I start going up this ridge towards, right towards these deer and Jason goes on the other side of the bowl in case they, they sneak back. And my buddy Colton just stays in the bottom, just kind of camps out there and just kind of watches and glasses. And, and we had our cell phones, they worked. So we would, we would, we would call each other and let her, let each other know what was going on. And I, I couldn't see the deer cause I was in the thick of the trees, but Jason could and Colton could. So they'd call me and say, hey, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going up that ridge. And it was super, it was straight up. I just kept going, kept going, and they'd call me every five, ten minutes, just keep going. You're, you're, they're going to be right there. They're going to be right there. So when I finally get up to where I really, I couldn't even go up anymore. It was just so straight up. It was like cliffs. And I see, I, I finally see some does walking across right in front of me, and I go, oh, baby, he's going to be right behind him. So I arrange one doe. She's at 30 yards. I'm like, okay, he's going to follow her. So I, get, I, I knock my arrow, get ready. I see him starting to, I see, I see some horns coming through the trees. So I draw back. He comes right in front of me, broadside, right there. Take aim, let my arrow fly four inches over the top of his back. He was probably 15, 20 yards away. He came a lot closer than the doe, but of course, I'm inexperienced with archery. It's straight uphill. You got to aim low, right? I didn't aim low. I think I used my 30-yard pin because I thought he was 30 yards because the doe was 30 yards. Looking back on it, I went and, and walked it off. He was like, I think, 15, 20 yards, if I remember right. Anyway, shot right over his back. <laughs> Blew the most perfect situation in the world. I mean, how cool that would have been to kill that buck right there. Anyway, so talk about, like, disappointment. I get up there. I... I call Colt and I go, dude, I just missed him. He was like 20 yards. I don't know how I missed him. I don't, I, I couldn't figure out how I missed him. By the way, I had one of those stupid, if you guys know what a no peep is, site. IQ. The IQ. Oh, I hate him. Maybe some guys, oh, I hate him. I, I blame that as much as anything, right? I should just had a regular peep, but I think I mean, probably would have been better off. At least would have hit him, right? Spined him or something maybe. Anyway, those deer take off all the way down to the bottom of the bowl, walk right in front of my buddy Colton, he smokes that buck. <laughs> he, he just sat there and glassed, and that buck came right in front of him, smoked him at 15 yards. Buck died 20 yards away, walked down there, and so he's on, he's on at least he's on my buddy's wall. But that's a kick in the that's funny. But every time I, every time I talk to him, hey, you want to come see that buck you missed? <laughs> it's on my wall if you want to come see it. <laughs> That's funny. One of my one of my very best friends, you know, Austin. We took him up his first year bow hunting. Me and my other buddy Chandler, and uh, I didn't even have a tag. And Chandler's pretty picky. He's killed a couple good bucks. So Austin was just trying to kill him something. And I seriously, we probably watched him shoot at 
I bet 20 bucks and just could not figure out what the heck his deal was because he'd pull back and he'd be full draw for seriously 30, 40 seconds before he'd even like start thinking about shooting. It's like, what is he doing? And we're coming off the mountain one day and Chandler looks back and goes, dude, your peep's gone. He goes, no wonder you're missing your freaking peeps gone. He goes, oh, no, I don't have to have a same sight you had. I don't have to have a peep. <laughs> so we took it down. I, I took it to the bow shop, put a peep in. Next next day, go up two point, like 60 yards, slams it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's something about that. When the adrenaline's run, I don't know. I mean, practicing, I was fine with it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think I think it cost me that deer for sure. No doubt. <laughs> Bow hunting's always good. I was probably the worst that I've ever shook on a buck is I had, I put in, it was the first year that I hunted dedicated hunter here in Utah. I figured, man, it's like I've hunted out of state quite a bit. I'm going to really try to kill a good general season buck. My older brother killed a bigger general season buck than me, and that just bothered me really bad. I'm super competitive that way. So I put in for dedicated, thinking, man, I'm just going to focus on Utah this year, shoot a good buck. And my little brother drew an archery tag, same unit that I had. So I didn't even hunt opening morning. I was just kind of focused on taking him up to start shooting at some bucks. Figured get him a couple shots. I can't feel bad if he doesn't kill anything. And he got there late. So he was supposed to be there at like 5.30 and didn't get there till 7.30. So we get on this four-wheeler, and I am hauling to get up top where all these smaller bucks are. And going way faster than I should have on this stupid four-wheeler, and he taps me like three times quick. He goes, look, 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 look. So I lock the brakes up thinking there's got to be bucks, something I didn't see because I'm flying, and he's points two jackrabbits it's like you idiot it's like don't show me jackrabbits while i'm taking up to shoot a deer so take off again just hammer down and taps me again so i ignore him then he taps me again he goes no look bucks and i look and there's these two bucks one of them's probably 26 inches the other one's probably like 28 inches wide standing 20 yards off the road so it should have been like maybe a 30 yard shot but i went skidding past him for about 70 yards because i was going so fast now, I was telling him to drive off on the four-wheeler, right? Because they'll watch a four-wheeler and you can get off and shoot him. So he hands me my bow and I tell him, drive off. And he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to drive the four-wheeler. He didn't know where the gas was, so he's pushing the brake. And so right as they were turning to go, it was like 80, it was like 85 or 86 yards. And shot, and my arrow took so long to get there. I shot, set my bow down, and I was watching when it hit. Really? And so I was freaking out. I've never shook that bad on you just because I think it happens so fast. Like if you have something that like when you shoot one with a bow, you're freaking out. But if you shoot one like long range with a rifle, it's like you sit there, you watch them for so long. It's like I would shake after I shoot with a rifle, but it, until I shoot, I don't, you just kill it, you know? Yeah. So I think it was just because it happened so fast, but I was shaking so freaking bad. It was ridiculous. And as my, as I ended up killing, it was my biggest general season buck. It was like four and a half inch eye guard, sweet awesome. buck. Right off the road. Awesome. Proves better to be lucky. In a spot that I've never seen a deer before. 80-yard shot? Yeah. That's a good shot. That's a high. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I shot it, I was shooting I was shooting these Ramcat broadheads, which if you like big blood trails, go shoot a Ramcat. So I shot, and it was kind of quartered away, so I hit it a little far back. Ended up perfect. I hit its heart, but I saw its, its stomach was coming out. All I could see was just guts coming out of this hole. And then it ran into the sagebrush. It's probably six or seven feet tall. So I'm like, great it's like gut shot so i was like i'm freaking out gut shot it and then it runs into the sagebrush so i told my little brother I'm like we're gonna sit here for two hours not move just let him be dead and the more we were sitting there looking i was trying to see if my arrow came out and it just the more you looked at it you could see blood from like where i shot it from just looked like somebody's running around with a hose he didn't go 30 yards just barely made it in there and died 
That's what you want. That's perfect. Well, that's good. Have you killed more deer with a bow or a rifle? So that's that's tough because when we go to Wyoming, you can get doe tags, and I just love. Oh, yeah, I that just, doesn't count. I'm I talking just about love bucks. killing stuff. I probably killed more with a rifle now. Yeah, yeah. Just because hunting out of state, we always rifle hunt. But in Utah, I've killed probably twice as many deer with a bow than I have with a rifle in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, guess I'll go. Um, I've got a few stories here. Maybe I'll do another. Uh, Another mule deer hunt, uh, Wyoming a couple years ago, had some highs and lows on that hunt, and it was like a five-day hunt we went up for, Region G, in the wilderness, so you had to have an outfitter with you, so we had horses, mules, not horses, mules. Anyway, I get up there, first opening morning, uh, the outfitter goes, hey, I've been seeing this big, giant deer this, this summer, we're going to ride up this canyon where he's been. And a pretty good chance we'll see him opening morning. We're going to get up super early. We're going to get up there right as the sun's coming up. So, okay, good plan. So we load up, start walking up this, this uh, riding up this canyon on the mules and elk are bugling everywhere. Just a cool morning, right? And anyway, we're, we're riding up. My mule gets spooked by, my, my mule is from uh, a newer mule from like Kansas, never had been around elk. And I was in the very back and I had uh, a bunch of cows and a bull run right behind us at just super close and spooked my mule. And, and that sucker just bucked, went zero to 60 so fast. And it just, I just wasn't ready and I got thrown off. <laughs> so I was like, that happened right away, right? So that happened, I get thrown off, um, get back on, get resituated. And st- we continue to ride up the, the canyon. I'm a little shook up from that, of course. And my outfitter... We, we come across this clearing and we're just about to get to the other side of the clearing. I look up on the hill and I see two bucks and I couldn't tell how big they were. I see two bucks. So I, I yelled at my outfitter. I said, Bruce, Bruce, his name's Bruce, Bruce, two bucks. So he stops. Somehow he missed them and we're glassing them. It was still, still the sun wasn't coming up quite yet. So it was still pretty dark and we could tell they had horns. We just couldn't tell how big. So I didn't take any chances. I got off my mule, grabbed my rifle and was just getting on them and the one turns his head just a little bit and you could just see this massive frame, massive frame. And, uh, outfitter goes, you better kill that buck. Well, here's the problem. I'm off my mule. It's 450 yards up this, up on top of this ridge. I basically had to freehand it. Andrew, I know you can freehand 500, but I was just thrown off a mule, shook enough. So I'm trying to get a little bit rested to get on him as he's starting to walk up the hill and I just couldn't quite get a shot off. So there were two bucks. The one buck with him was probably like the one I end up killing up there. One, you know, 185, 190-inch deer, really good deer. But that other one made him look like he was tiny. I mean, probably. Yeah, just probably, dwarfed him. Oh, like 220. So that was opening morning. That buck, never going to see him again. He's going to go in the timber. He is not coming out till the hunts are over, right? That Those bucks don't get big by being stupid. So kind of a low there of course I'm like well it's a good sign saw a big one we'll see another big one you know which you don't see those big deer hardly ever in your lifetime as a buck of a lifetime it was a buck of a lifetime anyway next couple days come around um my dad and i go out the next my, my dad and my uncle were with me so my dad and my uncle went out or I, I went out with my dad the next day and we went out and weather got really warm didn't see hardly anything that day and we happened to be on uh really high on the top of a mountain and his his mule gets spooked and we're not we're not great i mean we haven't ridden a lot of mules or horses 
throughout our lifetimes. His mule was just being a punk and just like decided to just randomly take off. And he got bucked off. He was behind me. And I hear him hit the ground like thud. I'm like, oh, great. My dad's 60, I think he was 62, whatever. I'm like, oh, great. My dad's, I'm going to walk back there. My dad's going to be dead, right? So I, I walk back there. I'm all shooken up, worried about my dad. He's trying to get his wits about him, blood running down his head. You know, breath got knocked out of him. He's like, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. Anyway, gets up and he's hurting real bad, you know. And this is kind of a scary, scary moment for me. I'm like, gosh, we're on top of this mountain. He drew a desert sheep tag, which was a few weeks after that, which I really didn't want to screw up, right? So we're on this hunt in Wyoming for mule deer. <laughs> he's got his deer. I'm like, man, I hope he's going to be okay. Anyway, we end up getting him down off the mountain. And he's, you know, he's pretty banged up, but he's tough, you know. So anyway, that's how that day kind of went. Uh, scary time. Um, got him situated and the next morning got up he decided to stay back at camp so my uncle and I went out the next morning and uh, rode way up the canyon big blizzard came in big white out couldn't see anything and anyway that storm ended up kind of phasing out and uh, I just decided to to get up on a ridge where I could see really well and started glassing I just figured they're going to start coming out and feeding after this storm the sun started coming out and so I just sat and glassed for, I don't know, an hour and a half. And uh, sure enough, saw a buck about 1,500 yards away appear with a couple other bucks and uh, ended up being able to put a play on them. And uh, and actually him and, and uh, the buck I killed and my uncle's buck were together. And we put a play on them, got within about 600 yards, set up on them they were they actually ended up bedding down right next to each other got the video it's really cool they're the, the coolest s- kill shot video ever <laughs> they got they got the they're both in the same frame right and ended up shooting mine he drops and the uncle shoots his his drops same frame right so that was a low low high all in the same hunt we get down off the mountain uh that night you know dad's Still not doing great, but he's okay. And then what's cool is, so my uncle and I both killed great deer. Mine's like a 190. His is a 170. Both good deer. And then my dad got up that next morning. Couldn't hardly move, but we were able to at least get him on a on a mule and go up the canyon a little bit. And he ended up killing about a 170, 175 that next morning. So we all three got great bucks. Awesome hunt. Wouldn't have traded it for the world. Great experience. So that's just in one hunt, you know. I mean, that's obviously the very short and condensed version of it. But you just got to stay after it. You just got to keep a positive attitude and and, and you learn from it, you know, and, and enjoy it. And uh, that's how that one went. So I feel like everybody that hunts, like I've got a million and two different memories where it's like I love being able to think back on like, on that memory, but while you're in it, you're like, holy crap, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've got a million of those. I remember Chandler, one of my best friends, he shot this bull. Is actually up on the Wasatch. Shot this bull, and it wasn't that far. It's like when we when we hunt Colorado, we pack out. Like I, the last deer that I killed out there, we ended up packing out almost nine miles in the snow in the end of November, just miserable. So we're back in there maybe a mile and a half. Not a bad pack at all. He shoots this bull at like three yards. It's freaking crazy. We wow. got, got it on video. And uh, we're both super pumped. We start packing this bull out, and I had a hind quarter and the head and the back straps, and then we deboned the front quarter. And then he had hind quarter, front quarter, and then all the neck meat. 
so we're packing it out and not a far pack, but we just got the, the trail kind of split. So where we came in, we had to cross this little river that was full of willows. Well, we were supposed to go left, ended up going just barely right. Like we were probably 50 yards from where we needed to be. But what ended up happening was like the last quarter mile of that, we're going through just thick, thick willows in the middle of the night. I've never felt so helpless in my life because like those willows, like you feel like you get a running start and it just catches you yep. and throws you back. Yep. And then I had an elk head that's, you know, 40, 45 inches wide on the back and that I'm now, yeah, it was miserable. Ripped, that's the worst. Ripped yeah. all of my, ripped all of my clothes, everything. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I've played that game before. I mean, I guess I could talk about that Alaska hunt because that's kind of what happened with me my first time I went to Alaska. Oh, I bet. Is uh, we, and that, that's kind of a cool hunt too, is we, we, the, the hunt was a doll sheep hunt, but we, we could kill a caribou and a black bear as well if we came across them or, or a brown bear. And uh, so it was a, it was a combo hunt with the, again, the emphasis was sheep. So, um, the deal with, so I went up there with uh, Brian and Brad and, um, landed at a, they, they had me land at this landing strip and then it was about, it was probably a 10 mile hike in, I would say 10, give or take. 10 to 12, something like that. It took us two days to get in there. So, I mean, and, and, and that's obviously 10 miles as the crow flies. So, you know, we had to go around rivers and up canyons. and. But anyway, we, we uh, took two days to get into where we were going to hunt. Rain came in, socked in. First day, couldn't go anywhere, just had to sit. And so there were actually myself, the guide, and, and our packer in a three-man tent just sitting there all day waiting for the rain to clear. Staring at each other. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's been to Alaska knows how that can be. So it's not always all action, right? <laughs> so made the best of it, you know, just uh, waited for that storm to clear. Luckily, it cleared the next day, and we started uh, started hunting. And uh, went up, hiked over a couple drainages, found five a band of five rams, uh, none of them were legal. One was really close, but just not quite big enough. So that morning before we went out and did that hike, I spotted a nice, nice caribou, really good bull. And, uh, thought to myself, well, if we don't get sheep, I'll, I'll kill that caribou. So anyway, we, we come back, uh, later that day it was, you know, getting later. Um, and, and finally got back to the big drainage that our, our little spike camp was set up at. And we're, we're glassing to find this caribou we saw that morning and we glass him up, we go, there's a caribou, and he starts running. And we look to the right of him, and there's a brown bear stalking the caribou. So my guy's like, brown bear, caribou, let's go. And so we, 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 we bail off the mountain and get down to the bottom, and that brown bear, as soon as we get to the bottom, that brown bear's coming straight at us, he's about 400 yards away. So I get set up on him, get prone, shoot him, down, done, right? Uh, by the way, this this was after we actually got there a week earlier because we hunted brown bears on the rivers earlier, and it was just too hot. So we'd already been been there for seven or eight days at this point. So killed him, and then uh, you know went up to it and checked it out, and we're all excited. Go, let's go get the caribou. So we go look for the caribou, and about an hour later, find him, and uh, he's just standing there. I don't know, he's 380 yards, I think. Got down on him, shot him, killed him too. So I had a caribou and a brown bear down within, you know, a very short period of time there uh, in the same day. Uh, bad part was we were 10 miles plus in, right? So I know that pack, how that pack out can be because 
the three of us between all the brown bear, you know, the hide, the skull, all the caribou, all the meat, uh, the horns, same thing. We're going through those river bottoms, through the willows, trying to get those horns through there. And man, you know, you're trying not to fall in the river and rivers as you're crossing. My, my, my uh, thing I hate the most about hunting in Alaska is crossing those rivers. Just, they can be slippery and fall in, fill your waders, whatever, right? But uh, man, that was probably, that was the hardest pack out I've done. I was, I got home from that trip and I was uh, beat up for about a month, month and a half afterwards trying to recover from that pack out alone. So uh, you, you, you experience a lot of things out there when you're hunting and put your body through a lot. And I guess that's why we do it, right? Yep. What, uh, what trekking poles do you use? I usually don't use trekking poles, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, I, um, I know. They, they, some people say they really help you, and, and I, I guess I have used them before. Um, I've, I had a, a tripod, a field optics tripod, and you could use those as trekking poles. And, uh, but I honestly I haven't used them too much. And I, I know a lot of guys go, man, they, they help you out so much. But I don't know, man. When I was packing out that caribou and stuff, I, I did have some. I can't remember what kind they were. But maybe I didn't use them properly or something because they were just getting in the way. Yeah. I will never go anywhere without them. I made fun of guys for like three years. I go, that looks so stupid out there. Granola munching it through your with your trekking poles. I will never hunt without them. I think the biggest thing that they do is just like the balance that it provides, especially if you're side hilling or something with a heavy pack. It's so nice. You know, we would use our gun. I know people go, why would you use your gun? But we would use our gun kind of as a as a uh, support Yeah. up there. We When we went on that hunt, we were shooting some Montana rifles, and they had the you know the Model 70 action, and, and we would even use them in the rivers. We'd put it down in the river if we, if we were about to fall over and use our rifle. And so guess I use that a little bit. Um, use that a little bit this last year on my sheep hunt too. Um, and I, I always bring trekking poles. I usually have one, but like I said, I just had my tripod that I can use the two legs, they unscrew and you can use those. So if I ever get too tired or whatever, I, I could definitely use those. I guess the point is to use them so you don't get too tired. Yeah, right? You just like it to hurt, I guess. I don't know. I, I yeah, I guess I need to use them more often. I know. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brian Martin, Brad, and Brian have talked about this on the Rolling Bones podcast, right? Like, trekking poles are awesome. You know, you got to use them. They used to not use them, so I probably just need to learn how to use them better. All of us aren't sick like you and go run for fun, though. You ever see me run, you better run, too. Something's coming to get us. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anything else? Any other uh, stories you want to share today? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty. Yeah, there's a lot more to share. There's no doubt. But uh, hey, we uh, we appreciate you listening listening in today. Uh, hopefully, you're ready for this hunting season, and hopefully, you've drawn some good tags. And if you haven't, get a hold of us, or if you have, get a hold of us and uh, let us help you. You know, if you drew some good tags, you want to know, you know, maybe some intel on uh, your area. Call us. Uh, give us a call. We've we've got um, a bunch of our advisors that have been to the areas you're you're hunting. And if you're looking to maybe book a hunt this year because you didn't draw, get a hold of us. You know, it's it's pretty tough to find mule deer and elk hunts right now, but we've got a few. And we have others that come available, and as they do, you'll want to hop on those. And like I say, if Canada opens their border, there's a good chance we'll have some good opportunities there also, right? And, and then definitely I would be getting set up for next year's application season too right now. 
um, get 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 with us. Let us get get our member get your membership set up. Uh, one hundred fifty year one hundred fifty dollars a year, and we do it all for you. And we you know if you already have the strategy in place, we'll just take it off your plate and help you do it, so you don't have to worry about it. Right? And you can tweak it and change it as you want to. If you need help with, you know maybe up in your your odds to draw and in other other units or areas that's what we're here for and our our uh, our our website uh, valoradventures.com or you can go to rollingbonesoutfitters.com either one they both work the same you can do a hunt plan hunt strategy and there are so many things that are continuously being added to that i mean the 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 type of service access value education we're we're adding to that we're going to continue to exceed expectations, right? So uh, if you're looking for, you know, rifle systems and, you know, learning how to shoot better, look at our shooting courses. we got so many things that we could help you with. If you just need some some help with gear or advice on gear, I mean, we have the certain products that uh, we offer through Rolling Bones, but we will give you our honest opinion on, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't use all of the stuff we have on our website. Some stuff I use from other companies too. I'll tell you my honest opinion. Andrew, I know you will as well, right? Like trekking poles, you should get some. Yeah, trekking poles, right? We might have to look into that. Um, right, but gear, I mean, if it's rain gear, if it's packs, if it's, you know, whatever, boots, we'll give you our experience. And um, we'll, we'll do some reviews on that on here also. So anyway, until next time, uh, we appreciate you listening. Give us a, some feedback. Share with your buddies if, it, uh, if, if you enjoy this. If you don't enjoy it, you're welcome to share that too. You might not. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more in future episodes. Uh, Enjoy your summer. Hope you're staying cool throughout the summer. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.